When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, Kelly here from Teen Creeps. Lindsay and I are really proud of our Patreon content, and we wanted to give you guys a little sneak peek of what you might get if you subscribe to our Patreon. Now you might be wondering, what the hey is the lowdown with this Patreon? So shut your dumb little mouth. I'm just kidding. You're all, you have smart mouths. You have beautiful, intelligent mouths. Let me give that genius mouth a quick rundown of what we have on our different tiers. So we've got our teen patron tier, and this is for a dollar a month. You get our sincere, loving gratitude. And for every 100 patrons at this level, we hold a special raffle to send one of you a special thank you gift. Every patron in this tier will be eligible for these raffle giveaways. Next up, we got Pulpy Patron, $5 or more a month. For $5 a month, you get a Teen Creep sticker, access to weekly minisodes with both audio and video. And for every 100 patrons at this level, we hold a special raffle to send one of you a special thank you gift. Again, every patron in this tier is eligible for these raffle giveaways. And finally, we have the Creeper Patron. For $8 a month, you get everything we listed before, plus access to one additional full-length episode per month, audio and video, which is helpful because you gotta see the facial expressions that are on uh, Lindsay and my faces. And in these, we discuss a listener-chosen book that's outside of the usual Teen Creeps genre. But that's not all. As a Creeper Patron, you're automatically entered in a raffle to pick the book. Again, that's any book of any demographic of any genre except hardcore erotica. We're not going to do that. And again, for every 100 patrons at this level, we hold a special raffle to send one of you a special thank you gift. And every patron in this tier will be eligible for these raffle giveaways. And you might be wondering, what kind of books are you guys covering in these outside genre episodes? We cover anything, any genre. And you know what? Our next book that we're going to be covering to be released in a couple weeks is Fifty Shades of Grey. I mean, I feel like so many listeners have already brandished their fists to the sky and demanded Teen Creeps read and discuss Fifty Shades of Grey, questionable understanding of BDSM and consent, and what makes him so sexy and compelling other than the fact that he has a creepy room in his house. So Lindsay and I are going to be talking about that soon, and that will be available for our $8 a month patrons. So to give you a preview of our Patreon, we're dropping a mini-sode and an outside genre episode into the feed today. So we're going to give you Creepy Crushes, a mini-sode about Lindsay and Mai's creepy, creepy crushes, and that's what's usually available to our $5 and up per month tiers. And an outside genre episode full length and usually only available to $8 a month tiers. Haunting of Hill House. Lindsay and I talk the creepy, very, very good, very truly scary book, The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. So take a listen and uh, hopefully you like what you hear. And if you do, try signing up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash teen creeps. For those of you who already donate to our Patreon and for those of you who are thinking of donating, your patronage really does help make the podcast better. It covers our production costs. It covers our guests' parking. 
it lets us come up with cool new ideas and new places to take this podcast. We love doing this show. And in order for us to keep the lights on and to keep things going, this really does make a huge difference for us. We could not do this without you, and we really, really appreciate your support. And so, without further ado, Creepy Crushes and The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. This week on the Minisode, check him out, your ultimate guide to guys. Welcome to the very first mini-sode of Teen Creeps. I'm Kelly Nugent. And I'm Lindsay Katai. And like Lindsay said, we are talking about Check Him Out, Your Ultimate Guide to Guys by Among Teens. Yeah, it's an Among Teens series book, I guess, put out by Scholastic. And it says this edition is only available for distribution through the school market. Oh, so this is a book, a book fair exclusive. So here's what happened is I went to a bookstore today and it was an amazing used bookstore. And I found Mm. this dumb fucking book. (gasps) What is that? There's a quiz in here and it's filled out. (gasps) Oh my my God. God. You know someone's (gasps) Oh my God. 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 Can we take the quiz? I mean, oh, it's, it's not a quiz. It's a personal peek. Oh, man. We've got this person's personal answers. <laughs> I'm going to read them. <laughs> yeah, well, not let's not it's read not their, pers- their names. Not, the name isn't in here. Okay. Okay. So first, so I went to a bookstore today. I found this. And I was like, this is perfect. We can talk about this on the mini-sode. So check him out. Your Ultimate Guide to Guys by Michelle Sullivan. Intro. Ready to uncover everything you've always wanted to know about boys, crushes, and love? This book will answer all the questions you've wanted to ask and help you gain the confidence you need to go for it. Yeah. Help you gain the confidence you need to go for it. This book, I would (laughs) have... Me as like a 14-year-old girl, my hands would have been shaking grabbing this book. Just grabbing. I I would be like, I don't know. I I couldn't stand to buy this in a bookstore, let alone only available through the school market. I would have done that thing. I'm going to like circle this on my scholastic order and give it to my fucking teacher i don't think so i i I imagine okay this is at a book fair i would be doing that thing that i did as a kid where like i was too embarrassed to grab the thing i wanted to grab Mm -hmm. so i would just walk by it a lot yeah like really slowly and then like hope no one was looking and then grab (laughs) so do they still have scholastic book fairs Mm -hmm. okay so we don't need to explain what that is no okay good so can't you smell the book fair when you think about it? Ugh. I can smell, smell it on the book. Oh, I always smell used books. You don't? I love not old one book where someone, smell. not someone that wrote. That, not. I just smelled her. I just smelled, smelled her, her life. personal peak. <laughs> smelled her personal peak. All right. So, so the first few pages are personal peak. It's time to put pen to paper. Think of this section as a sort of personal workbook, a really cool one. And your assignment is to discover just who you are. It will also be fun to flip back to in the future, whether it's a couple of weeks, a couple of months, or even a couple of years from now, or you're listening to a podcast, suddenly two people you've never heard of are reading your answers out loud, and you're like, Jesus fucking Christ, why would they do this? What kind of monsters are they? Listen, we're not going to do it in a mean way. Yeah, we'll take turns. Okay. Okay. What I like best about me is my soft hair, my lips, my smooth legs. 
She's got confidence. I like she her. She has a lot of confidence. Yeah. Three words I'd use to describe myself are beautiful, caring, thoughtful, and cool. Wow. She's really got it going yeah, on. She's got it going on. I think I like this girl. When I grow up, I want to be lawyer, dancer, reporter, singer. She's ambitious. She's ambitious. Yeah. My favorite thing to do is singing, dancing, hang with friends. I am a talented singer, artist, going to be dancer. Oh, <laughs> you cutie. That's so cute. My friends always tell me what they like about me is nice, honesty, knowledge, hair, exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happiest when I'm with my family and friends and Chris A. <gasps> Chris oh, A. You're the cutest. She's so cute. I'm most looking forward to go to my sweet 16 dance and party and prom. Aww. The one thing most people would be surprised to learn about me is my different nationalities. Oh. Cool. This chick is pretty cool. Wow. Take a few minutes to reread what you just wrote. Do you think that most people see all the awesome aspects of your personality that you just described? Why or why not? Blah, blah, blah. You can be confident that you're already well on your way to successfully being able to start forming relationships with guys. That's very funny. That is very funny. I liked the beginning of that where it was like saying like, th- like look back at all the cool things you wrote about yourself. Like, I didn't like that it asked, do you think people see that? Why or why not? Well, I think probably what it's getting at is like, if you wrote down a bunch of negative stuff, mm-hmm. like, I feel like it's like predicting people not liking themselves quite as much as this girl does yeah um but here's a funny sentence think of your girlfriends as being like first boyfriends because there are similar emotions and friendship issues involved so in some sense you're already halfway there you've had a lot of practice now all you have to do is find a guy you click with (laughs) that's that's interesting Uh, it is interesting i like that it's like Because it is true, like, navigating friendships, like, you should think of boys as friends also. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. There's all sorts of hooting and hollering happening outside. Good heaven. Okay. There is a quiz. Yes! (laughs) All right. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Uh, So, okay, I'm going to, yeah, you take it, and I'll I'll add up your points. No, I'm going to control it. (laughs) You're going to control it? I'm going to control (laughs) it. Okay, fine. I'll take it. Yay. Okay. Okay. So just write down A, B, or C. Okay. Quiz. Is he crush worthy? One, you happen to mention to your crush that your birthday is the following day. The next morning, he A, slips a homemade birthday card into your locker. B, wishes you happy birthday as he passes you in the hall. C, doesn't even mention it. Oh. A. Cool. Two, during your next visit to the hairdresser, you go for the major makeover and cut off six inches of your locks. When he sees your new look, he, A, asks where you got it cut. B, says, what did you do to your hair? C, tells you it looks great. Um, C. Three, you're stressing out. You've got a pop quiz tomorrow on the novel you've been reading in English class, and you've been so busy you haven't read a single page. He, A, offers to pick up the movie at the video store and watch it with you. (laughs) Okay. B summarizes all the major plot points during study hall. C says, that sucks, then walks away laughing. (laughs) (laughs) He's a monster. B. Yay. Four. When he calls you, it's usually A, to ask about a homework assignment. B, just to talk, no other reason. C, to gossip about other people. Mm. 
probably see. (laughs) (laughs) Five, the number one reason you're interested in him is A, his popularity, B, his looks, C, his personality. C? Six, when you run into him and his friends at the mall, he A, waves you over and introduces you to his buds, B, looks straight past you and makes a beeline the other way. (laughs) Jesus. Jesus Christ. Yikes. C, smiles and waves low. Probably A. Seven, given the chance, would you introduce him to your parents? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little early. <laughs> He's your crush. He's your crush, not your boyfriend. A, no way, even on his best behavior, you're sure your parents wouldn't like him. B, sure, after all, you've already been talking to them about him for weeks. C, maybe. That is, if your dad promises not to embarrass you by pulling out the baby pics. <laughs> I guess C. <laughs> All right. There's a whole scoring section. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Eight. When you're sitting next to him on the bus ride home, he tells you all about A. How nervous he is about trying out for the baseball team. B. A show he watched on TV last night. C. Which girls he thinks are cool in your class. Ouch. Ouch. B. Nine, when you're navigating the calf with your lunch tray, you slip on a milk carton and fall flat on your butt. He, A, flashes you a sympathetic look. B, rushes over to help you up and to make sure you're okay. C, busts out laughing with his friends. Oh, my God. Well, I don't this know were, why I'd laugh at that. Yeah, also, if this were real life, he would be really mean to me, probably. If, like, this were, like, me in high school. If somebody you had a crush on? Yeah. Yeah. Well, how, who have you been my, answering it for, though? Micah. Okay. So, so then keep answering it for Micah. What's the helping one? B. Okay, and here's where we date the book. Okay. Ten, which song most accurately describes your crush's personality? Oh, no. <laughs> A, The Real Slim Shady by Eminem. Oh, my God! <laughs> B, Perfect Fan by the Backstreet Boys. Oh C, What's My Age Again by Blink-182. What a heavy... We've been talking about Blink-182 all day yeah. today. Um, I'm concerned by what this girl circled. Whoa, no. Eminem. Really? Mm-hmm. Backstreet Boys for me. Okay. What is that one, B? Yep. For number one, you got A, three points. Number two, C, three points. Number three, what'd you get? B. Two points. Number four? C. One point. Oops. <laughs> Five? C. Three. Six? A. Three. Seven? C. Two. Mm. Eight. B. Two. Nine. B. Three. Ten. B. Three. I have to add all this up? Yeah. Here, do you need to get Three, six, nine, uh, twelve, fifteen, seventeen, nineteen, twenty-two, twenty-five. Twenty-five. Looks like Micah is a crush-worthy cutie. <laughs> Boy, you sure can pick him. It's easy to see why you'd be so taken with this guy. Hmm. Could it have something to do with the fact that he's so obviously into you? This guy's got a heart of gold and he's not afraid to show it. Whether it's letting you in on some of his private thoughts or helping you through your own frazzled frenzies, he consistently lets you know that he's a dependable friend. He's appreciative of your crushing efforts and equally willing to return them. Go for it. Oh, I think I will. Oh, cool. Um, have you taken like the love languages test? No, what's that? Uh, it's supposed to help you understand the different types of ways that people both feel love and express love. And um, 
shows how you like prioritize those. Mm-hmm. So like they have things like acts of service, um, words of affirmation, um, touch, uh, gifts. And then I forgot the other one. But Mike and I took it and we are like pretty opposite. Because <laughs> <laughs> like for me, acts of service is huge mm-hmm. where it's like if I'm like – because a lot of the questions are like, you're super stressed out um, and like uh, you've you've had a stressful day all day. Like what's what's the thing that you value the most for your partner to do? And one is like um, they like went to go gas up your car because it was like low on gas or something. And so like that for me is like – or they picked up dinner or something. Like an act of service is huge for me. Mm-hmm. And like another one is like they hug you a lot when you get home. So that's touch. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that's big for me is words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. So, like, they tell you, like, hey, you're really, like, capable and smart and talented and whatever. And then... Pretty. Yeah. You're so, you're so beautiful. Pretty. You're so pretty. <laughs> it is a useful quiz, and I suggest people take it. Oh, cool. It's, like, it's inter- it's good to have, like, a framework for that kind of stuff. Cool. Gifts is very low for me. Huh. But I yeah, love giving I don't know. people gifts. Yeah. I don't That's think that thing. I would prior t- prioritize that too much. Oh, wow. There are more quizzes. I feel like we're, we team, ain't taking. We're not going to take them. No way. But I feel oh, like, she did. Oh, she did. Oh, that's great. Did she get through I all of them? It. Uh, yeah. It looks like that was the last quiz I just saw. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Mm. So we will end it at this in the back. Who's your crush? Questions. Have you ever used a friend to let your crush know you like him? Wrote yes. Have you ever sent a crush an anonymous love letter? Yes. What's the most humiliating thing that ever happened to you in front of a crush? Oh, no. She wrote it. I farted. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's not that bad. Oh, she wrote his full name of oh, her she crush. Did. That's so cute. When you think about the future, who do you envision marrying? It is. It's the guy from the before. aforementioned Chris A. Oh, my God. We love you. Oh. Name a couple from TV or movie that has a relationship you'd love to have. Sarah Michelle Geller and Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, they do have a good relationship. Yeah. It's also uh, her celebrity crush. Freddie? I mm-hmm. wonder if Chris A. looks like Freddie. Oh, name an annoying thing about guys. They're too shy when in front of their friends. They're mean to you, but alone they're nice. Girl. Oh, girl. 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 I've been there. Mm. Yikes. I remember like. Um, I had this crush on this guy and we sat, remember those like tables that were like for like, it's like two desks pushed together. And it's like two kids, two kids and you're mm-hmm. facing each other. And I remember it was like the newest day of the seating chart. And I looked at the seating chart and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting diagonal from my crush. And this was like seventh grade. So this was like my nadir of Kelly's appearance. <laughs> and I remember like sitting like being like oh i'm so excited for like when brad comes to sit down and um i remember i could always make him laugh and that was like a big thing i held on to because i was like oh i get to make brad laugh like he thinks i'm funny but he like didn't like me or anything and i had such a big crush on him and i remember like an insult would be like oh you like kelly and he'd be like no i don't and it was like him and all his friends would like so it was when we were sitting at the table he was nice and then I remember, like, any time him and his friends were, like, together, they would always, like, be making fun of me or, like, laughing at me or something like that. No. And I remember one time, oh, this was so embarrassing. It is embarrassing that this happened. Okay, oh. so I went to um, Cancun with my family, and I came back with cornrows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
because you went to Cancun. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy right now. Yeah. Well, and then I like took out the braids one day and like didn't want to wash my hair right because I wanted it to be like curly. The crimp. Yeah, and um, I guess like I don't know. I had like dandruff or something. And this one girl came up behind me during PE and called everybody and was like, look at Kelly's hair. And everybody kept running behind me. And I kept like trying to turn around and everyone kept running behind me to like look at my hair. And I remember like being so mortified and just wanting to go home and wash my hair. But I couldn't because I was at school. No. It was so horrible. I hate that. I know. It was so mean. Oh, no one was ever really mean to me. They just like didn't care. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're like that girl from Everybody's breakfast club just, like ignore me like they'd forget and leave me place <laughs> i would get like and you were ditched. always getting like hurt <laughs> i would get ditched a lot oh or like not invited to things oh, that's the no worst one was ever like a bully yeah i don't know it was just like eh. i was just like a big nothing a big nothing <laughs> a big nothing Oh, what a fun mini <laughs> But hey, we're, we're mm, something now. You're something, Lindsay. Fun. Okay, so, all right, let's leave it at this. Thank you so much for listening to this week's mini Name a song that reminds you of your crush. Roll Out by Ludacris. Carmel by City High. And, I appreciate this, Differences by Genuine. Oh my God. This girl's my favorite. This girl and I would have been good mm-hmm. friends. Or I would have wanted to be her friend and she would have not invited me places. <laughs> she would have ditched you at she the mall. W- 100% she was too cool for me. Oh, uh, this girl is so adorable. This book has just, it's a treasure trove. So we'll revisit it. I love this. There are instructions on how to kiss. <gasps> it's real good. They have interviews with boys. Oh, my God. I can't wait. It's great. I can't wait. So thanks for listening, everybody, to our very first mini-sode. We hope you liked it. Feel free to give us feedback on Twitter, on Instagram, yeah, on our Gmail, which we will absolutely be checking now. Yeah. If you have any pointers to any, like, crazy books like these, yeah, let us know. Let us know. Let us know what songs made you think of your crush. For me, it was... Honestly, I would listen to this one, too. This was one for me as well. I can stay awake just to hear you breathe Your baby 
and I don't want to miss a thing. That was beautiful. It was good stuff. So we'll also, so I'll play the more embarrassing one, but another one was Dave Matthews crash into me. Oh, yeah. That was good. Yeah. But also this one. All over my hands. Jesus Christ, Lindsay. This feeling inside me is almost more than I can take. <laughs> I'm just picturing you with like tears coming out of your face. Baby, when you touch me, I can feel how much you love me. And it just blows me away. I've never been this close to anyone or anything. <laughs> I can feel your thoughts. I can see your dreams. I don't know how you do what you do. I'm so in love with you. It just keeps getting better. My life. I almost said days. With you by my side. Forever and ever. Every little thing that you do. Baby, I'm amazed by you. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. I didn't even Baby know who Lindsay. the fuck Lone Star was. <laughs> this song. This song. It moved you. I know for a fact people. Who I worked with at the movie theater are going to be like, Jesus Christ, this song would play on the movie theater, like, <laughs> loop the, like, movie yes. tones at AMC. Yes. That's why it made me think of my crush. <laughs> <laughs> at first I thought you said, it made me think of my crotch. It's <laughs> even worse. So, uh... If you listen to this, oh. if you subscribe for no good reason this Patreon... God bless, and uh, thanks for turning me into a woman. <laughs> Except not. <laughs> Except not. Because uh, you had a girlfriend. Mm. Ugh. Oh, boy. They always had girlfriends. Always. Never time you touch me. Never tell how much you love me. Never time you love me. 2000, baby. Y2K, baby. Y2K. <laughs> Cyber. The web. Millennium. Storing water bottles in your garage. In sync. In sync. water bottles, for sure. Y2K panic. Mm-hmm. Mm. Everyone was freaking out about that. Thems were the days. Yeah, those were the days. Those were the days of me just, like, chowing down on hot Cheetos nonstop. Oh. Mm, After Cheetos. swim practice. <laughs> oh. Hot Cheetos. Oh. I think we covered it let's choose one more song to go out on what should it be let's choose a shared song mm. let's find a shared song a shared song that we both that makes us both think of our crush mm. oh god i have one that this probably isn't shared tub something by chumbawamba <laughs> <laughs> fuck it let's go out to tub thumping by chumbawamba <laughs> this one goes out to our crush the one crush that both Lindsay and i we have. have currently Oh, 
truth is, I thought it mattered. <laughs> didn't remember, oh, didn't yes. remember that this happened. <laughs> but does it bollocks? Not compared to how people matter. It's probably an album version I didn't click on. This is the part I always Here we know. go. by itself against the hills, holding darkness within. This week on the Outside Genre episode, Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hill House. Hi everybody, welcome to another Outside Genre episode of Teen Creeps. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. And I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And we are very excited to talk about Shirley Jackson's Haunting of Hill House. September's raffle winner was Sylvie Tremblay. So thank you so much for suggesting this book. Dude, this book is good. I fucking love this book. I love this. I recommended this book to so many people. It is so good. It is scary, too. Like It's disturbing. It's yeah. unsettling. It's mm-hmm. confusing. Mm-hmm. I feel... When I was reading this, I was thinking about that video game you were talking about that like you're yes. in the mind of a crazy person. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I was actually getting a lot of Hellblade vibes from this book, which which was very like it's written in the voice, which we've done a couple books like this recently, written in the voice of an unreliable narrator. Yeah. Um, And the prose speaks to our narrator, Al Eleanor, and she perceives things in a very unreliable way. Well, there's no handholding. None. About what is taking place in Eleanor's head you're just getting the thoughts she's having mm-hmm. especially towards cool. the end yes where it's just like wh- why is why is she suddenly like so hateful toward yes. Theodora yes why is she disgusted by Luke it's just like all of these and then she loves them she like overly loves Theodora mm-hmm. so cool yeah would you care to read the back of the book yes four seekers have arrived at the rambling old pile known as Hill House Dr. Montague, an occult scholar looking for solid evidence of psychic phenomena. Theodora, his lovely and lighthearted assistant. Which is not... That's she's not accurate, an assistant, but, but that's whatever. Okay. Luke, the adventurous future inheritor of the estate. And Eleanor, a friendless, fragile young woman with a dark past. As they begin to cope with chilling, even horrifying occurrences beyond their control or understanding, they cannot possibly know what lies ahead. For Hill House is gathering its powers. And soon, it will choose one of them to make its own. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. I, I was Shirley Jackson. There were so many, like, lots of star moments in this book. 
Um, I loved the part where, um, so it all starts with uh, Mr. Mont, or he's not Dr. Montague, who is this uh, scientifically minded man, but he's a researcher of the paranormal. Um, I love how he went and got legit degrees so that it wouldn't be so embarrassing when you would publish stuff about the paranormal. And he still was like, embarrassed about it like he told all his friends who went camping (laughs) yeah uh so he like reaches out to a bunch of people that have like experienced some kind of supernatural phenomena almost none of them respond and then he finally gets two people to come (laughs) both women both women which i loved um so it was theodora who is like theodora and eleanor are just such like they're such dual like they're duality um she Theodore is like brightness and light and impetuousness and uh, adventurous and curious. And Eleanor is like has lived her entire life for someone else. Ugh. So sad. I love Eleanor so much. Me too. I felt she's bad. So, for her. She's so endearing. I loved that. One of the parts that were so, like that made her the most endearing to me was when she's so she decides she wants to go. And she lives with her sister and her sister doesn't treat her as an adult. She sucks. Her sister sucks. Her and sister's her husband, husband sucks. sucks. And their baby probably sucks. And will suck. It will suck. If it doesn't already. And she's like, hey, can I borrow the car? And they're like, we don't trust you. I loved that whole exchange of them being like so see-through in yes. trying to come up with excuses why she can't have the car when really they just don't want her to have the car. They don't, even though she is half owner, mm-hmm. they don't respect that at all not at all they don't respect her and so she sneaks away and steals the car anyway which i loved and then her drive i love i the loved drive. that she is so she has like this wild imagination every single scenario she was coming up with of like where she would live mm-hmm. was so great and i loved how true to what it feels like to imagine something like you imagine this whole life yeah. in a second and, and then you're gone and, and then you move on and that life has been lived and done. I took a photo of that part where she says the thing about a whole a whole life in a second. With, with the um the lions. The lions. I, that was my favorite one because that. that was such a weird idea. Yes. So she sees these two lions on the road. And then so on the main street of one village, she passed a vast house pillared and walled with shutters over the windows and a pair of stone lions guarding the steps. And she thought that perhaps she might live there, dusting the lions each morning and patting their heads good night. Time is beginning this morning in June, she assured herself, but it is a time that is strangely new and of itself. In these few seconds, I have lived a lifetime in a house with two lions in front. Every morning I swept the porch and dusted the lions, and every evening I patted their heads good night, and once a week I washed their faces and manes and paws with warm water and soda and cleaned their teeth with a swab. Inside the house, the rooms were tall and clear with shining floors and polished windows. A little dainty old lady took care of me, moving starchily with a silver tea service on a tray and bringing me a glass of elderberry wine each evening for my health's sake. I took my dinner alone in the long, quiet dining room at the gleaming table, and between the tall windows, the white paneling of the walls shone in the candlelight. I dined upon a bird and radishes from the garden and homemade plum jam. When I slept, it was under a canopy of white organdy, and a night nightlight guarded me from the hall. People bowed to me on the streets of the town because everyone was very proud of my lions. When I died, dot, 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 
and then she gets her thought gets interrupted and yeah. she's on to something else that's so fucking cute <laughs> and it's so like it, because it's so weird and unique it's very relatable yeah because like we've all i think we've all had that and especially when you get a newfound feeling of freedom like you feel yeah. like oh, gosh like my whole life could be anything and it's mine yeah. to live she's suddenly free of the burden of the life that she had yeah which is like taking care <sighs> of her mom her non-stop mom. some serious carry vibes yes such serious carry i mean vibes. stones and everything is yeah, that why stephen king wrote carry well stephen king wrote uh, a review of this book saying it's one of the best yeah uh, so i'm assuming he was at least moved inspired by, by it. yeah, yeah. Um, and they never explain what the stones were about. No, never. And I think it's it's alluded, right, that like maybe she does have some telekinetic thing, yeah. and like maybe some of the stuff that's happening at the house later could be from her, or that's why the house chooses yeah, her. It, and I love also that there's no spoon feeding. There's it's so open to interpretation. Yeah, you don't know what is going on from one moment to the next in Eleanor's head. Yeah, like the events you understand, mm-hmm. but who Eleanor is at any given moment because it's like she's being possessed not only by the house but the other ghosts of the house so sometimes she's one of them sometimes she's herself yeah didn't it seem like that to you where she's like multiple personalities of the house are possessing her well yeah because there were especially towards the end when she's like going up the staircase to go maybe hang herself at that moment she had to have been the companion yeah I think she was the companion which so the house has this like history of bad things happening at this house and really they can't even figure out many details about it except for most people are like get away from there yeah do not be there it's a bad place so we have the two sisters yes hate each other hate each other in life there's the older sister who's kind of the spinster spinster who takes the companion which hello lesbian yeah i totally and also, did you get that vibe from Theodora? Absolutely. Yeah. Because she lives with her friend. Her friend. Quote unquote. When they made each other like these beautiful gifts and like they really cared about each other and like yeah. got in this huge fight where they destroyed the gifts. Yeah. And Theodora like was so um, like, I don't know, presented this almost like sensual vibe to Eleanor, which like really made Eleanor like fall head over heels for like whatever Theodora was like yeah. selling. I think she was just like enthralled yes by how like alive and open and warm she was yeah um so it seemed like at one point she would be the uh older sister yeah just like resentful Mm -hmm. and it would seem like those were the moments when theodora and luke were having like a flirtation yeah and it says like Theodora is convinced that the younger sister married the like boyfriend of the older sister yeah. that she stole him away. So in that moment, it's like even Luke are, and and Theo are under the house's thrall. Well, yeah, because uh, Theo for sure starts to like she keeps like obsessing over these little kids, and she's like, God, like. The fact that they had to live in this house and like had no one else to play with and they were so lonely and then really, really uh, attached herself to the older sister or really hated the younger sister. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pull that part up because I thought that was great. Everybody just sounded like at moments, everybody was like being a little too quippy and clever. 
Mm-hmm. I thought it felt a little Joss Whedon-y, it actually. Did. It did. Um, but also, like, very relatable and, like, real people when they weren't being extra quippy. And they were being extra quip- quippy, like, when... And they're all noticing, like, we're being too happy and, like, too... Like, they're very affected by the energy of the house. Yeah, sometimes they're giddy. Yeah, like, drunk. I wanted oh, to go yeah, to that house. Uh, Theo says... I don't like the younger sister, Theodora said. First, she stole her sister's lover, and then she's tried to steal her sister's dishes. No, I don't like her. I laughed out loud at that I part. I laughed. Um, there were a couple, like, characters that made me laugh a lot. Like, the Mrs., uh, the the lady servant. <laughs> Mrs. Dudley and Mrs. her Dudley? practiced lines yeah. were so fucking and, funny. And how she was like, I do not stay after dark. Like, do not ask me to stay after dark. I do not. I do not clean up after you. I she, set at 10 the fact that she nine. had to continue with that script yes. even when theo and eleanor were like talking about something else altogether yeah completely ignoring her i took a photo of that part too <laughs> so her speech is i set dinner on the dining room sideboard at six sharp you can serve yourselves i clear up in the morning i have breakfast ready for you at nine that's the way i agreed to do I can't keep the rooms up the way you'd like, but there's no one else you could get that would help me. I don't wait on people. What I agreed to, it doesn't mean I wait on people. I don't stay after six, not after it begins to get dark. I leave before dark comes, Mrs. Dudley went on. <laughs> no one can hear you if you scream in the night, Eleanor told Theodora, like jumping on Mrs. Yeah. Dudley's last line. She yeah. did this exact same speech to Eleanor when she came in. And it was like, oh, creepy. But then yeah. when she does it again, when Theodora arrives, yeah. that was so funny. And she keeps doing like little parts of it just again and again throughout the book. Yeah. Like she will not shut up about when she when she clears, when, when she, she clears, sets. when she sets and when she clears and the dishes go on the shelf. Yeah. And oh, the dishes on the shelf. continually making fun of that part about how she's obsessed with the dishes being on the shelves. Yes. It was so funny. That was really funny. I love this book. I loved this book. I like and it. And without being overly purple, it completely painted the picture of like yeah. every like you were there. Like, yeah, I was in those towns. I was in that beautiful English countryside. I was in that weird town uh, of Hillside. Well, I forgot the yeah, name of the town. I think. Yeah. Like they don't like anybody and they don't they especially don't like people that inquire about that house. And they especially don't like living there. They hate living there. Um Oh, God. And the other thing that she imagined that Eleanor imagines on the drive, uh, which resonated. A, I, I liked it a lot. But the one that resonated with me the most was the lion's thing. But when she's looking at the um, grove of oleander trees. Yeah. And so she sees them like lining the street. And then she sees that they line like an unmarked road that goes out just into a clearing. There's nothing there. And she imagines like, what if I were to go out there and see that this like wall of poison is just guarding like this magical like sleeping beauty yeah like fairy scape with like castle and like imagines this whole thing of like her being this princess and there's the queen that is so happy that she's finally awakened and then there's and it's like about her you know like being like oh i have this life to live and maybe it's something magical and otherworldly and there's a prince that's going to come save me yeah and it's really interesting that those thoughts come back again when she starts to lose her mind yeah so cool yeah and i love her making up her like she tells theo about this apartment she has and it's just made up of the fantasies she's had she had on the drive yes and like just like her little apartment yes her little cat and her books and her teacup and the 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 star-filled stars i 
fucking loved that part about the stars. Yeah, because she sees this cup or she sees this little girl uh, in this cafe. She's st- or this like farmhouse cafe thing. And the little girl's refusing to drink her milk because she only drinks out of her cup of stars. And the mom is like trying to beg her to drink out of it. And she and then explains to the waitress, oh, you know, she'll only drink from her cup of stars. It looks like there's stars in the bottom. It looks like there's stars in the cup. Um, And she takes that Eleanor and, and puts it in her in her life, her dream apartment. But I loved when the when Eleanor was like, yeah, little girl, don't you dare drink that milk without that cup of stars. You insist on those stars. Don't you let go yeah. of what you want. Yeah. And like, don't don't make become other, just like everybody else. Yeah, Don't let other people make you grow up because she wants so badly because she probably never has had any time for her own imagination. Yeah, she wants to relive her life. God, poor oh, Eleanor. God, Eleanor. Eleanor. <laughs> no. Ugh. Don't drive into that tree. They should have just let her just stay at that house by herself. Why the fucking fuck did they not drive her? Oh, because n- they did not want to be wrong with her. No, I think they they did truly think that she they couldn't be around her. Otherwise, she wouldn't forget Hill House. Yeah. But do they really think it's safe for her to drive that close to the house? Seriously, get an Uber. For real. <laughs> Call a cab. They should have just like, yeah, like they should have called like a cab or had a... One of the servants drive her. Somebody. Mr. or Mrs. Or just like drive her part of the way, have a nice lunch with her at that creepy diner. Yeah. And then say, okay, now you can make the west rest of the way yourself because she's at least far enough from Hill House to be like outside its spell. Honestly, oh, I think they so were just sad. like, it was one of those things where they're like, I don't want to like, this is weird. You know, when Theo's like, goodbye. Oh God. Which oh. Is like, I thought you weren't going to say goodbye. Yeah. And she's like, maybe you could come back and we could have our picnic finally. Yeah. Oh, my God. She's like, we're going to write each other. You're going to get your apartment. We're going to do all the things we talked about. Ugh. And oh. that's the thing that I felt bad about Eleanor, too. But I also felt for the other characters when she kept trying to insert herself in their lives after Hill yeah. House, where they're like, oh, man, like, I don't. But again, it sort of felt like they were all characters in the house again. Like, it seemed like maybe Eleanor was one of the sisters. Yeah. And then Theo was one of, was the other sister. Or maybe Theo was the companion at that point, yeah. wanting to get away. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> A couple of cats chasing each other. Yeah, they're playing chase. Um, I wanted to read the description of Hill House, which is so good. Yeah. So Eleanor gets there and is immediately creeped out. No human eye can isolate the unhappy coincidence of line and place with, which suggests evil in the face of a house. And yet somehow a maniac juxtaposition, a badly turned angle, some chance meeting of roof and sky turned Hill House into a place of despair. More frightening because the face of Hill House seemed awake with a watchfulness from the blank windows and a touch of glee in the eyebrow of a cornice. This house, which seemed to somehow to have formed itself, flying together into its own pattern, powerful pattern under the hands of its builders fitting itself into its own construction of lines and angles reared its great head back against the sky without concession to humanity it was a house without kindness never meant to be lived in not a fit place for people or for love or for hope exorcism cannot alter the countenance of a house hill house would stay as it was until it was destroyed god ew creepy it is so creepy the house is creepy so we had some pretty creeptastic moments in this book. The first night is great. 
everyone sleeps so great. Yeah. Eleanor's in her blue room. The house is like, yeah, you're going to sleep great. Relax. Don't hey, worry about take it. a load I off. I gotcha. Hey, you're going to have a great breakfast in the morning. Yeah. Because Mrs. Dudley's a good cook. She's a good cook. She's crazy. She's crazy. You only she... get an hour for meals, but yeah, it's good. Damn, she can cook. So everyone is like, they sleep. Oh, they sleep so good. Oh, they sleep so well. Then they wake oh, up. Oh, so good, so well. Yeah, so, so good, so, so well. Good. And they're like, wow, you know, today, not too bad. We didn't have any, like, weird, ex- they're supposed to, like, take notes about the weird stuff that's happening. Like, we didn't have anything weird happen. And then the next night happens. Not so much. Not so much. Um, the banging on the doors was really scary. It was pretty creepy. Mm-hmm. It was creepy. And it's weird because Oh, and it's- Theo's thing is that she is a little bit telepathic. Yes. She can, like, kind of catch thoughts and feelings. Yeah, because she, um, her event that um, the Dr. Montague read about was that she, like, went in, like, on a whim into a laboratory and, like, did a... Uh, Intuited some... a bunch of cards. Yeah. Like in, she got, like, uh, 19 out of 20 right. Yeah. She got a ton right. She was great. Um, and, like, was, like, laughing the whole time. Like, she, that's her. That's Theodora. It's a lark. It's a lark. She reminds me of Franny Fisher in Miss Fisher, if any of you watched that show. Unfamiliar. It's very good. It's great. Cool. Uh, but yeah, she reminds me of her. Um, so sh- she is potentially telepathic, whereas Eleanor might be telekinetic. Maybe. Maybe. We're they not really, sure. It's, they it, never it's, say, I really want to know, but I'm also so appreciative of a book that doesn't hold my hand the whole time. I loved that. Because that and made even, it so much more uh, unsettling. Well, and even at the end, right? Like, we're like, was she, like, possessed? Or was she just losing her mind? Like, we, I think she was possessed. I think she was possessed. Because at but, the last second when the the house is like, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. You're ours. Mm-hmm. And compels her to drive into a tree. And the whole time she's going for it, Eleanor is like, ha I tricked all of you. Like, you can't get me to leave. Watch this. And then at the last second, why am I doing this? Yeah. Why aren't they stopping me? And then, yeah. bam. Yeah. So I I like that there were so many things that were like, question mark. Um, So that was cool. Um, Oh, but yeah. So that night. So uh, Eleanor and... Theodora share a bathroom in between their bedrooms and then both the, the the bathroom is not accessible from the from the hallway and then their uh bedroom doors they've locked both their bedroom doors even though Dr. Montague's like don't lock the doors they do it anyway then she is awakened from sleep and she thinks remember oh, she, yeah she, she thinks it's her mom she thinks it's her, she's, she's like scarred. scarred in a dream yeah she's scarred from fucking sucked yeah and we learn a little bit more about that later, but she's awakened by Theodora calling her. She runs in and Theodora's like, do you hear that? Something is happening. She's screaming for help like her, like Eleanor's mom used to. Yes. And they're both sitting and they are terrified. They both are sitting on the bed, like holding each other so tightly while the door is being banged on so hard. And then an undeniable chill enters the room and it is deathly cold. And they're and both of them can feel somehow that there are like fingers like tapping around the sides, yeah, like exploring the weaknesses. It's horrifying. It's really scary. Yeah, and it's like 
trying the doorknob. It's like trying to go underneath. It's trying to go like in the seams of the door. Uh, and it just keeps like knocking and knocking and banging, banging, banging so loud. Meanwhile, I guess the guys are like chasing a dog. They got tricked. Yeah, they got tricked. The house tricked them into thinking there was a dog loose. And so they like the house got them out of the way so that it could like torture Theo and Eleanor. And the weird thing is, it seemed like because when the guys return, they're like, honestly, like we didn't hear any knocking. Yeah. And all we heard was your guys's voices. And that same thing happens later because when Dr. Montague, Luke, Theo, and Eleanor are all huddled up together in one room after Dr. Montague's nightmare of a wife has She's arrived. Hilarious. I fucking hated her and she was hilarious. Yeah. No, she was like her and Arthur. Her. What the fuck? They are, she is such an idiot. I would watch them like trying to ghost hunt around the English countryside. Yeah. But I was also so fucking irritated by their haughtiness they're so they're so fucking haughty they come in there thinking like they know everything it's they like are, these people have like, been here for days yeah and the house is barely talking to mrs montague it's not interested in mrs montague it does not care so they her and arthur in the uh nursery they don't hear any of the banging which is the most insane banging like yeah. the house is like rolling and jumping and yeah. they're like holding on for dear life to furniture and then Mrs. Montague and Arthur wake up and are like, we didn't, we have not had any contact and it is all your fault. Yes. <laughs> and it's so fucking annoying. And they're like, your cynical attitude. I know. She's like, I cannot believe you non-believers. My planchette, the pla- planchette is not planchette. Speaking. The fact that she refers to it like it's a, yeah. like it's a proper a noun. Planchette. Planchette. You've angered planchette. Which I guess is, okay, so what is planchette? Planchette is like, it's like a little kind of Ouija type yeah, thing, but, but with a writes. pencil on the end. Yeah, I writes. heard of these. Me too. Yeah. Um. So she has one She's of those. like, I came in perfect love. I know. The uh, spirits talk to me because I come in perfect love. No spirit is antagonistic. They just want love. They want to be freed. Also, another thing that I loved is that there were moments and one of these happens at the end of that night that the four share in the room, um, wherein Eleanor will like come to and the three of them will be like, oh, she's doing it again. That what that was, but it's never explained. But we're and we're not a part of that. No. So because we're in Eleanor's mind the whole time, we don't even see those parts. And she'll be like, what did I say? And they're just like, nothing. They're like, you're fine. But it's like, dude, what is she doing? And then uh, Luke's face is all beat up. And like, do you remember that? When? So it's right after the night where like the it's like when it's really bad and like uh-huh. they're in that room. And then she wakes up last and they're all kind of like looking at each other. Like, is she awake yet? Yeah. And she notices that Luke's face is all bruised. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't remember that. And then so I was like, what? And it never we never explain it. We never find out why. Wow. So it's so cool. So Crazy. Like, so many of those. And there are a ton of those moments, too, where it's just like she'll come to and then like they'll be like, oh, she's doing it again. Yeah. Or remember when she's like talking and then she realizes that she was can't the part stop talking? I remembered. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think I, I may have taken a photo of that part. Yeah. It's when she says succumbed. I could just succumb or, or yeah. some surrender. Surrender. She says surrender. Yeah. I did not take a photo of that part but i did another part jumped out at me 
which is like that, where like Eleanor will be surprised by her own thoughts and wonder mm-hmm. where they came from. So a chapter begins, I am learning the pathways of the heart, Eleanor thought quite seriously, and then wondered what she could have meant by thinking any such thing. Yeah. Well, and the part where she, so she's like, uh, when she's like, oh, this house, like it's so weird and I never know where anything is. If only I could just surrender. Yeah, I, I'd, it would be so much easier. Yeah. Or I'd be so much more comfortable. Yeah. And then they're like, surrender. Like all of them are like, what? And she's like, what did I just say? And in her head, she's like, she's like, why was why I? Why would I say that? Why was I? What was I saying? And oh, that something was something embarrassing. Thing. And they're they're like, oh, she was doing it again. And she goes, what did I? Did I say something embarrassing? Was I being foolish? I don't. Yeah. I said something weird, didn't I? I'm and always like, no, saying something weird. And they're no, like, no, everything's, everything's fine. fine. So who even knows how many like blackouts yeah. she has? Because we're not. We're in Eleanor's head. We're just as confused yeah. and muddled and um, like bipolar. Yeah. Like her thoughts. I would get, I was so invested in her and Theo's friendship. I really I, wanted I mean, their friendship like, to succeed. Instantly, they're so fun together. Mm-hmm. They're so like, they're such a joy to watch be friends. Yeah. And so I would get so upset at those moments when Eleanor would be like, I'm disgusted by you. Yeah. I don't even like her touch disgusts me. Or when she's like, uh, Theodora is like painting her nails red and she's like, she's like, I don't like, I detest that she's touching me or doing things for me. Yeah. And she didn't like being taken care of. That was probably real. That was real. Yeah. But then that like combined with like just the look of the color of the paint like freaked her out. Um, so that was all very like interesting. I wonder if that was the companion. I sort of feel like maybe the older sister was gay mm-hmm. and took a companion, and yes. then sort of just like didn't do anything obviously inappropriate. Mm-hmm. But that the companion was just sort of left with a sense of like I, I do, like you need too much from me, or yeah, you like want to touch me too yes. much, or just like um unhealthy boundaries with like someone that you employ yes um i could definitely see that happening where it's like it could have been that but it was like definitely like eleanor this is my theory about theodore like i think theodora liked eleanor um plenty but also was one of those people that was just so full of life and magnetic that people feel this instant connection with her yeah just because people want her around all the time and get very possessive yes and then Eleanor, poor Eleanor has like never connected with anyone because all she did was take care of her mom and then like live with her sister who sucks. I did get the sense though that the moments when Theodora was being especially cold to Eleanor mm-hmm. that that was the house's influence because she I felt is like that so too. she has such affection for Eleanor immediately and mm-hmm. it does carry through almost all parts of the book and then the end when she is so upset Mm-hmm. She's like, no, we're going to do all the things. You just have to get away for a while. Please remember me. Mm-hmm. You you will remember me and we'll do all those things we talked about. She doesn't want to let her go. Yeah. So, yeah, I do wonder. I guess she, but she's so, because it does seem like she wants to see Eleanor after this. I think also the house delights in like manipulating these people. Exactly. And like hurting these people. Exactly. So it's like some of it, I feel like some of it was like, strains of like other souls that had lived there yeah and some of it was just like 
playing on yeah. who they are. Yeah, like already. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna make these people uh, become very close, and then like this person in somewhere in them desires a certain amount of independence and freedom, and so I'm going to stoke that paranoia and like have her be kind of like weird to Theodora or to Eleanor yeah. when Eleanor's like, oh, come. I'm gonna amp that up. Yeah, I'll come like live near you, and she's like, mm, no. I mean, that would be very off putting. It would be very off-putting. Cause like, especially because it's together, like, stay forever, <laughs> stay forever together. Yeah. Where it's like, all right, we like lived in this summer house for like a second. Just calm down. I uh, wanted to read the exchange between uh, Theodora and Eleanor. I keep wanting to say Theodora and Eleanor. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> it's really hard not to. So I'm just maybe going to try to stick to Theo. Um, so it's when they go down to the brook and are just having a lot of fun and talking mm-hmm. about having a picnic. And they have just met. Yeah. They've just met and instantly they are friends. And they're like making fun of Mrs. Dudley. Mm-hmm. Um, so it says, Theodora opened one eye. Did you used to have a comic uncle? Everyone always laughed, whatever he said. And he used to tell you not to be afraid of the bull. If the bull came after you, all you had to do was grab the ring through his nose and swing him around your head. Eleanor tossed a pebble into the brook and watched it sink clearly to the bottom. Did you have a lot of uncles? Thousands. Do you? After a minute, Eleanor said, oh, yes, big ones and little ones and fat ones and thin ones. Do you have an Aunt Edna? Aunt Muriel. Kind of thin, rimless glasses, a garnet brooch, Eleanor said. Does she wear a kind of dark red dress to a family party? Lace cuffs. Then I think we must really be related, Theodora said. Did you used to have braces on your teeth? No, freckles. I went to that private school where they made me learn to curtsy. I always had colds all winter long. My mother made me wear woolen stockings. My mother made my brother take me to dances, and I used to curtsy like mad. My brother still hates me. I fell down during the graduation procession. I forgot my lines in the operetta. I used to write poetry. Yes, Theodora said, I'm positive we're cousins. Also, like, they're so accelerated. Yeah, it's it's such a rush. Dun, 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 dun. And I feel like it's like that during the day, and then they sleep so well at night, and it's like, oh, everything's great. You guys are all getting along so well. Yeah. And even when... They're all like when everyone arrives and they're all like at dinner and um, then they go into the study and they're drinking brandy together and everyone's enjoying themselves. And it's like they're almost creating this little they're family. Instantly a family. Yeah. And Eleanor is like. everyone notices it. They all love it. And then even in the morning after their wonderful restful night, they go to the breakfast table and sit in the places that they sat the night before as if it's like I've always sat here. Yeah. Them seeming like a family. It just made me even more irritated when Mrs. Montague and Arthur show up. Because they ruin it. I was like, you fucking assholes. They have this like perfect chemistry. And then yeah. you assholes come in here with your stupid, stupid ideas. And your gun. And you're such a bitch. Yeah. They're just bad energy. Like they're just oh, like they're messing terrible. with the ball. Everyone could have just stayed at that house forever. Yeah. <laughs> and just been like a creepy, yeah. happy family. I just want to read. I just want to read about the four of them liking each other yeah. all the time. Yeah. I love. The friendship between Theo and Eleanor happening so quickly where they're just like immediately telling each other about all of their experiences and connecting over it is so it's such like a little girl thing to do where you have like such a crush on your friend Mm -hmm. that you just met and like you immediately feel bonded and like you're going to be best friends Mm -hmm. forever. It's such a yeah little girl thing. And the way they're talking is like very childlike. It's like yeah. they're not really listening to what the other person says, but rather just like, or not responding to what the other person says, but like just building. Yeah. Like rather than coming together. It's actually together, very improv. It is. Like yes, Andy. Yeah. 
It's like, oh, I fell down at procession. Oh, I forgot all my lines in an operetta. Mm -hmm. Oh, I went to this dance. Oh, I sucked at that dance. Mm -hmm. So they're just like, oh, yeah, we're both. We Mm -hmm. both have these similar experiences. Let's know everything there is to know about each other instantly. Yeah. Yeah, I really. And then um, so then they're out um, and they're just exploring the grounds and they're thinking about, oh, we're going to have we should have a picnic here someday. They get scared by what they think is a rabbit uh, and they run off and then they meet Luke. And Dr. Montague, right? Because he's there too. And then they meet Luke like just a minute right, or two. He, oh, right. Because he calls out to them from the balcony. Yeah. Um, but I, And I liked Luke right away. I liked, and I I liked, liked all the of them. Doctor right away. Yeah. They're all full human beings immediately. Yeah. That whole like bit that they have going where it's like, well, you're Dr. Montague because you have a beard. So that means I must be Luke because I have a this. And and we know that Theo has a yellow shirt on and Eleanor has a red shirt on. And then they start so switching identities. Be, yeah. I loved that. They're like, well, I have a beard, so I must be Dr. Vontague. They're and all very circles delightful. back around. They're so delightful. Yeah. It does. It is, again, like a little too clever in a Joss Whedon way. But I was yeah. like, I don't give a shit. I love Buffy. So I'm happy. Yeah. And also, like, the fact that there's this thread of foreboding underneath it. Yeah, where it's like things are getting along a little too well. Yeah, and yeah, it, you like them all right away, but you know that bad things are going to happen, mm-hmm. and they do. Yeah. So the first haunting is like the banging on the doors, and then Theodora opens her door the next day, and all of her clothes are covered in blood. That's or the third thing. That's the third thing because the day. So I think maybe the day after the first banging mm-hmm. is when they find the writing about Eleanor in chalk on the wall. That happens first. And then there's that whole confusing, weird thing where Theo accuses Eleanor of writing it herself. Yeah. And Eleanor gets so upset. Yes. That's when I think they're the sisters. Yeah. And the funny thing is, too, that the guys play it off like, oh, well, we know that Theodore is just trying to make... Eleanor mad so she's not scared anymore and Eleanor's like uh, I know she that's wasn't not trying what's to happening. do yeah um that's right and then they go into the house and then it's the blood on the clothes and then freaking Eleanor is like kind of gaslighting it is Theodora. so fucking weird because she knows it's blood all of a sudden their dynamic is completely different yeah yeah I'm so like I was so confused by when Theo and Eleanor would get really angry and bitchy toward Mm -hmm. one another out of nowhere theo is like you probably wrote that yourself Mm -hmm. and and eleanor is like no i don't like being the center of attention that's you and then theo's right like oh well the house must have chosen you because you're so drab and mousy yes and they're like having this fight and luke and (laughs) dr montague are like uh <laughs> yeah and then theo says again you probably wrote it yourself and then eleanor like sits down and she's just angry yeah and that's when luke and dr montague think that oh theo was just doing that to snap eleanor out of her fear and so it says what is wrong with me she thought then but they think theodora did it on purpose made me mad so i wouldn't be frightened how shameful to be maneuvered that way she covered her face and sat down in her chair. Nell, dear, Theodora said, I am sorry. I must say something, Eleanor told herself. I must show them that I am a good sport after all. A good sport. Let them think that I am ashamed of myself. I'm sorry, she said. I was frightened. 
blah, blah, blah. Owner thought how simple he is, how transparent. He believes every silly thing he's ever heard. He thinks even that Theodora shocked me out of hysteria. She smiled at him and thought, now I am back in the fold. Blah, blah, blah. Theo says, but we can't afford to have you break up, you know. And Eleanor thinks, we can't afford to have anyone but Theodora in the center of the stage, Eleanor thought. That's right. This is when she starts thinking over and over again about how Theodora likes to be the center yeah. of attention. But then even later, like way farther later, Theodora accuses Eleanor of being that way. Where yeah. She's like, oh, so because you have to be the center of attention. And I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. And well, she accuses her again when all of a sudden there's writing about Eleanor in blood. Yes. This is when it happens in Go the bathroom. Home, and then all of Theo's clothes are all ripped up and covered in blood. Yeah. So the chalk, the chalk says, help Eleanor go home, Ugh. which at first I read it as help her to go home. Yeah. But it's just part of a statement because the full thing is help Eleanor go home, Eleanor. And I think it's. I don't know, because what they want are they is somebody in the house trying to warn Eleanor to leave? No, I think it's I think it's because her mother was calling to her saying, like, help me, help me. Oh, yeah, because then it's the mother thing. Yeah. I think it's that. So they're like haunting her with like how she didn't help her mom when yeah, her mom was talking on the Yeah, the wall. house knows about her mom. Yeah. Just crazy. Yeah. Fuck this house. Yeah, this house is really <laughs> scary. But yeah, then Theodora goes back upstairs and there's blood all over her clothes. And fucking Eleanor, she's like, she's like it smells <sighs> like blood. But then she's like, is it blood? She Someone it's put paint all over paint. her clothes. Remember how she was painting my nails red? Like, what the fuck? And then she, when she goes Why down is to Eleanor get... Eleanor's like a stone-cold bitch right yeah. now? She goes down and she like goes to get the guys. And she's like... Theodore's like freaking out because like she thinks that someone put paint on her clothes. And then Eleanor thinks to herself, this really like stuck with me where she goes. I think that's the fairest way I could have put it. It's like, what? Yeah. And then, huh? and then Miss, Dr. Montague even starts kind of picking up on that stuff where he's like... She says something very pointedly about like how Theodora's like overreacting or something yeah and he, he kind of like reprimands her a little bit like he says something like all right like calm and down. even eleanor thinks like she says to theo all right i think you're blowing this a little bit out of proportion mm-hmm. but thinks to herself like no she's exactly in proportion because this is crazy but yes. she's still like downplaying it outwardly yeah, yeah. well and even in her head she's like in fact she could we should all be screaming all the time yeah but she's like saying out loud like all right calm down yeah. Like, oh, I guess you're gonna have to wear my clothes then. Huh? And it kind of seems like it's revenge for the previous day when Theo was getting at her. Yeah. But then it says, it's so freaking weird. And so Eleanor says, Eleanor saw with a queasy turn that Theodora had gotten red on her hands and it was rubbing off onto Eleanor's pillow. Look, she said harshly coming over to Theodora, you'll have to wear my clothes until you get new ones or until we get the others cleaned. For heaven's sake, let me wash you off, she thought, without trying to find a reason that she had never felt such uncontrollable loathing for any person before. And she went into the bathroom and soaked a towel and came back to scrub roughly at Theodora's hands and face. You're filthy with the stuff, she said, hating to touch Theodora. Huh? Yeah. What? Since when do you hate Theo? I know. And she starts to hate She's like obsessed with living with Theo. I know. And there's no kind of connection. There's no kind of like progression there's no kind of connective tissue between the two things changing mm-hmm. yeah which means it's definitely the house it's definitely the house and we don't know what's going on from one point to another 
Dude, it's crazy. The haunting thing that happens next was one of the scariest. It was so scary. It's when both Eleanor and Theodora are yes. in the room. And Eleanor wakes up and she hears. Oh, I think the next thing was the picnic. Oh, wait, the, like, it was picnicking the picnicking kids, which is also oh. super creepy and also so confusing as to how it started. Like Theo yeah. accuses Eleanor of like making a fool of herself just by talking with Luke for an hour. Yeah. And the whole time she's like, she hates Luke. She's she like ha- ridiculing Luke yeah. in her head. Yeah. And then Theo is like, you're making a fool of yourself. You're being foolish. And they kind of chase each other outside. They're and running this around. is when I thought they were the companion and the... Well, yeah. So they're running around outside and then they go into this like square and are somehow stuck. And they're clawing. Remember, their fingernails get bloody. And they're clawing at the gate and or, or the wall. And they're like, let us out, let us out, let us out. And then um, they turn around and they're running and then they're in this picnic with all this food and kids are playing and Eleanor is like kind of in front of where Theodora is and Theodora says who had looked back behind them but Eleanor had not she says don't look back she said don't don't just look behind run. just run just run and so they're just running and then they get out and it's as if they forgot that it happened and and Theo says, I made the mistake of looking back. I made the mistake of looking back. But we never, we never know, know what she saw or what the mistake was. Oh, my God. It was so creepy. And then, right. So then that was the thing that happens during the day. But the, most of the book takes place before any of the haunting begins. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's because Eleanor is clearest yeah. before the haunting begins. I bet that she starts to lose time. No, time is completely unreliable with her. Like, it's I so never know. Because even when the whole week goes by and M- M- Mrs. Montague comes and they're like, how long has it been? A week? So she comes tomorrow, right? Because she comes on Saturday? Yeah, she comes on a Saturday. So says Theodora curled by the fire, looking up wickedly at Eleanor. At the other end of the room, the chessmen moved softly, jarring with little sounds against the table, and Theodora spoke gently, tormentingly. Will you have him at your little apartment now and offer him to drink for your cup of stars? Which is so mean and bitchy. So mean. Out of nowhere. Is there room enough for two? Would he come if you asked him? Nothing could be worse than this, Eleanor thought. I have been a fool. Perhaps he has been longing for a tiny home, something smaller, of course, than Hill House. Perhaps he will come home with you. And then Eleanor thinks, a fool, a ludicrous fool. Eleanor looked down at her almost gently. But I had to come, she said, and stood up, turning blindly to get away, not hearing the startled voices behind her. Blah, blah, blah. I had to come, she said to the world outside. This is what it, like, what? (laughs) Fear and guilt are sisters. Theodora caught her on the lawn, silent, angry, hurt. They left Hill House side by side, walking together, each sorry for the other. A person angry or laughing or terrified or jealous will go stubbornly on into extremes of behavior impossible at another time. Neither Eleanor nor Theodora reflected for a minute that it was imprudent for them to walk far from Hill House after dark. Each was so bent upon her own despair that escape into darkness was vital. They stamped along together, each achingly aware of the other, each determined to be the last to speak. 
Eleanor spoke first, finally. She had hurt her foot against a rock and tried to be too proud to notice it. But after a minute, her foot paining, she said in a, t- in a voice tight with the attempt to sound level, I can't imagine why you think you have any right to interfere in my affairs, her language formal to prevent a flood of recrimination or undeserved reproach. In parentheses, were they not strangers? Cousins? I am sure that nothing I do is of any interest to you. That's right, Theodora said grimly. Nothing that you do is of any interest to me. They were moving along a path toward the brook. In the darkness, their feet felt that they were going downhill, and each privately and perversely accused the other of taking, deliberately, a path that they had followed together once before in happiness. Theodora was silent for a minute, walking in the darkness, and Eleanor was suddenly absurdly sure that Theodora had put out a hand to her, unseen. Theo, Eleanor said awkwardly, I'm no good at talking to people and saying things. Theodore laughed. What are you good at? She demanded. Running away? Nothing irrevocable had yet been spoken, but there was only the barest margin of safety left them, each of them moving delicately along the outskirts of an open question, and, once spoken, such a question as, do you love me, could never be answered or forgotten. Yeah. What? (laughs) So are they, I don't know who they are at that point. Are they the sisters? And the younger sister is... Is like making fun of her older sister about like thinking that she might be in a relationship with a man. Yeah. Or like, are they the um, the caretaker and the older sister? And like, because remember, there was like a rumor that the caretaker like was had like a guy over and like ignored the uh, call of the uh, old older sister and then like didn't oh. respond in time. So there's like that yeah. weird parallel. So it's like, okay, is it like a jealousy thing where it's like, you don't have any, like, you're not allowed to have any say with what I do in my, my life. You know, it's like, you're my employer, yeah. not my, like, you're it's not in a relationship. Jealous. And it kind of seems like, like maybe like the companion and the older sister were lovers. Yeah. But then she had a man over and the older sister who would be Theo in this particular exchange mm-hmm. was calling her a fool yeah, to think that he would want her. Right. But really they were both just wanting the other one to say, I love you. I love you. Yeah. God. It is so, like at any moment, one of them is one of the others and they're all women. Mm-hmm. And so Luke and Dr. Montague never get taken over. No. They're never, they're not even affected. Because then at another point. They see point, the stuff happen, but they're not. Theo seems to be the younger, or the companion mm-hmm. talking to Luke, mm-hmm. the boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at any given moment, Eleanor and Theo are one of the women. Yeah. And you never know who or what, or if that even is the case. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're all seeing it through Eleanor's lens. Yeah. So it's like, it, are they even, like, how much of this stuff is even happening? Like, we don't yeah. know. Um. And then that's when they wander into the into the actual picnic. haunting, and it's like they both turn into their themselves. Again. Yes, and they're like, "What the fuck? The fuck? Don't look like, back! Run! 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 Run!" So then they get out of there, um, and it's weird because they like forget it instantly. Like they're yeah. like, "That was weird." Anyway, and then they go into being different people again. Yeah, and then we get to uh, this is probably my favorite, but also scariest scene, which is when that night. Eleanor wakes up because uh, Theodora now has to share her room because her oh, room's yeah, covered yeah, in blood. Yeah. And they just hear like, there's just like this unintelligible mumbling and speaking coming from the other room. 
and laughing and laughing and it keeps rising and it's very like <laughs> like very like, like mean weird mean point. laughing and sad at others yeah and it's just it's very scary and and the sound keeps rising and falling and it's pitch black and eleanor is like what's going on why is it so dark we left the lights on why is it so dark and so she's just yeah. clutching it's her and theodora and they're holding one another's hands like squeezing squeezing really scary moments and then like letting slightly letting go but then squeezing again when it gets scary and the sound is just rising and falling getting louder getting quieter um and she keeps thinking like i need to say something but i can't i can't speak and then finally the sound rises and then she just says like stop it and the lights come on and theodora is across the room obviously having been woken up from her saying stop it and then she jumps out and says, oh, God, whose hand was I holding? Yeah. And that is like urban legend scary. Ugh. That is scary. Yeah. That is scary stories to tell in the dark. Yes. That was so scary. Yeah. I w- like after I finished that chapter, because it's the end of the chapter. Yeah. Like the last line of the chapter is, oh, God, whose hand was I holding? And I was yeah. like, mm. and then it never gets talked about again. No, never again. That was probably the scariest haunting to me. I think so. Even scarier than the writing on the walls. The writing on the walls was scary, but we did, when we were looking for the passage that you wanted to read, we did come across a certain book, which we definitely need to talk about. So is it Luke that finds it or Dr. Montague? Someone finds this book. Uh, I'll find it. I think Luke finds it. Okay. And is it in the library? It's in the library. Which Eleanor does not want to go into. Yeah. Because something's wrong with it. It's like calling to her. It's her true home. (laughs) Uh, yeah, Luke finds it in the library and it is Hugh Crane, the guy who built the house, who's clearly like fucking evil or something, made this book and... It's for his daughters, right? Yeah. No, just the one daughter. The older one or the younger one? Probably the older one. And that's why she stays in the house. Oh my God. I bet he was weirder with the older one. And that's why she stays. I think also, yes, he was weirder. And then he like ditches them. Like he just yeah. leaves and then the they're living there with the governess. Yeah. So it says memories for Sophia and Lester Crane, a legacy for ed- her education and enlightenment during her lifetime from her affectionate and devoted father, Hugh Desmond Lester Crane, 21st of June, 1881. Ugh. Ooh. Yeah. And it is filled with like, he is basically like scrapbooking. He's making a scrapbook of terror. Do you want to look through and see some of the parts you'd want to read? Sure. He's cut up a bunch of like real nice old books and like just modge podged, mod podged, like all hodge podge, modge podge, hodge podge. No, modge podge. Oh, I'm sorry. Modge podge. <laughs> modge podge uh, is a brand of uh, craft glue that is a play on the word hodge podge. Uncool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's like basically just like gone craft heavy on this book put together a bunch of these scary collages so the first thing that they find is a goya etching which he drew some scary ass shit yeah and it is he wrote honor thy father and thy mother daughter 
authors of thy being, upon whom a heavy charge has been laid, that they lead their child in innocence and righteousness along the fearful narrow path to everlasting bliss, and render her up at last to her God a pious and virtuous soul. Reflect, daughter, upon the joy in heaven as the souls of these tiny creatures wing upward, released before they have learned aught of sin or faithlessness, and make it thine unceasing duty to remain as pure as these." And this book is riddled with all of these really long inscriptions. This is some my sweet Audrina shit. Basically, this book is like he does like pictures of hell, pictures of heaven, and they're all and, like and the seven scared, deadly sins, the seven deadly sins, which he drew himself. Yes. Just and then if you if you then think about the fact that this woman was probably gay. Yes, and so he is like trying to like Woof. convert her into like weird. Like it's just weird. Like conversion therapy weirdness and then also like weird like fire like brimstone fire yeah. hell yeah it is so like no wonder this house is evil this house is evil because of a lot it. he designed he, it also he designed it to be slightly off yeah, to make you feel crazy everywhere. when you're inside it <laughs> why because instead of 90 degrees he does it like 87 so that you're like huh like, yeah every, everything's horrible. disorienting um the last part where eleanor is just dancing around the house oh my god like she is so happy she's so happy and then she gets drawn and they are running around trying to find her eleanor and they're annoyed yeah well mrs montague is annoyed they're freaked yes when when they realize that it is her and because they are like annoyed that they have to deal with her because luke is for sure annoyed because he has to go up those freaking stairs to help her get down yeah and she's like huh? and it does kind of seem like they're not really understanding yet no that she's they being possessed they, they're just like what it's is like she not doing until she gets down where she's like i was up there yeah and then they're all like well it was so nice visiting with you yeah and like well, you really <laughs> here's must your go. car uh because basically the companion hanged herself from like this parapet that's only accessible up these scary ass stairs in the library, which she the refused house to go into. wanted her to. House wanted her to. And now Eleanor is going Eleanor's to do the same thing. Eleanor's drawn to it by the smell of decay and the call of her mother's voice, which I'm like, ew. Oh, God. So then she, in a haze, like dances her way. She's like shimmying her way up these crazy ass stairs. And then Luke has to like help her get down. And then she's like, oh, God. And then they're like, all right, uh, here are your bags, and uh, you're going, and you Happy travels. Uh, nice and, knowing you. Uh, we'll see you when you crash into that tree. Yeah. So, in all, the, this is such a good book. It's such, I thank recommend. Thank you so much, Sylvie. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thank I'm you so to happy our raffle with winner, book. Sylvie Tremblay. Just knocked it out of the park with yes. this suggestion. Love it. Thank you to all of our raffle winners so far. It's been super fun getting to read books that are um outside our yeah. usual and like books that are like near and dear to you guys like yeah yeah so keep suggesting it. don't feel like you have to stick with horror yeah anything really yeah um thank you so much for joining us for another outside genre episode yeah uh, we love you guys love you bye forever dog this has been a forever dog production executive produced by kelly nugent Lindsay katai Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.